everyone, or good evening. Welcome to the Bronx Queens Bros Podcast, better known as the BQB Podcast. This is episode number 23. Welcome to the show. You already know, I'm Big B. We got Big D. We also got Jack B. Dave, how you doing? Doing great. Ready to get back to another episode with you guys. Hope you guys both had a great Memorial Day weekend. Quick shout out to all those who have served. Um, and of course, remember all those who we have lost. We thank you for your service. Um, so I'm doing good. I'm ready to get back into some baseball. Jack, how are we feeling today? Feeling great, guys. What a great Memorial Day weekend it was. Very well said, Dave. Um, excited to recap some series as usual. We'll get into our segments and uh, can't wait to get into this one, guys. But uh, first, a word from our sponsor, V. Take it away. This episode is sponsored by one of the best kept secrets in northern New Jersey, engineering and design concepts. Small company doing big things. They specialize in product development, manufacturing, and test equipments. If you or anyone you know need assistance in that field, they are the company you need to contact. The link to their website will be in the description below. Now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode where the Mets lose another series. As And they lost to the Colorado Rockies. It's, you know, last time we were here, the Mets uh, had lost the first two in Chicago. And then they ended up winning game three in a nice, easy fashion. Carrasco looked fantastic which was a blessing to see because if he does what he did last year, which is pitch 150 innings with a sub-4 ERA, that's amazing. If we get that guy for the rest of the season, that's an innings eater that produces quality starts, that'd be great. You know a fun fact for you guys? Jack, let me tell you this fun fact. I believe the number it might have changed. The Mets have gotten 13 or 14 quality starts so far this season, which is not a lot. And a quality start is six innings, and no, allowing no more than three earned runs by a starting pitcher. The 13, let's just say the number is 13. It doesn't matter either way. If it's 13, the Mets are 13-0 and 0 in those games that have happened by the starting pitcher. But the thing is, it's only happened 13 times. Starting pitchers are not going deep in games. And they're not, they're not reliable. Like, it's really bad. I mean, listen, Coors Field, weird stuff happens. The Mets offense look good. Alonzo with more home runs. Francisco Alvarez is becoming a superstar right in front of our eyes. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he's going to be a real big threat to the league for years, years to come. And, yeah, I don't know. Mets lost two out of three. Verlander didn't look great, but Max Scherzer looked fantastic, which is very encouraging. Verlander seems to be one-on-one off, so hopefully he gets that situated. And McGill really struggled out. Um... Uh, Marte made his first start in center field as a Met. Didn't look amazing out there. It's tough in course field. It's a lot of room to, you know. That's also why I was also confused. First start in center field in two years and course. Interesting decision in my opinion. But all in all, you know, Mets are at 500. They're about to face the Phillies, and they have to go on a nice winning streak because they're hurting me. So, I don't know. Jack, you got anything for me? Um, V, I... I I was a little shocked when you said Francisco Alvarez becoming a superstar. I don't know if I'd go that far, but the kid does seem to be legit. He's hitting the cover off the ball, and he's also playing good defense, which was the biggest concern about him, the framing. That's what Buck always said. If uh, there was the automatic strike strike zone or the uh, automated strike zone, he would be up here already. And you know what? He's already, I don't know, I saw a stat. He's like top 10 in frame rate or whatever, frame 
percentage. I don't know. But, so he seems to be uh, hacking it on defense as well. I don't know what to say about your Mets in these lack of quality starts, especially when they have two of the top, I would say, 10 before the season pitchers of the game. Oh, yeah. You could probably yeah. even say two of the top five, right? So um, a little bit disheartening there. I did like what I saw from Max Scherzer. I thought he pitched really well. And he's historically struggled at Coors Field, yeah. and he did bear down and, and pitch, pitch relatively well. Um, so if you don't mind, Via, I'm just going to get into the Yankees really quick because yeah. they had a pretty exciting series with the Padres. Um, they ended up losing the first game 5-1, to one, home runs from Soto and Tatis. Soto, who just kills the Yankees. Um, he seems to always kill the Yankees. And Tatis hit one, I think, like 440. Just absolutely crushed it. I don't know if you saw, guys. The Yankee fans were, like, taunting Tatis um, in the outfield, chanting steroids, steroids. And then Tatis is, like, doing his little dance. <laughs> um, did Did you guys catch that? I, I, I did. Know. I did. And what did he yep. do? He had a home run. <laughs> He did hit a home run. Of course he did. Well, that's the only reaction, um, honestly. That's a fair reaction to have. And, you know, if, if you have fans no, chanting yeah. steroids, I mean, well, have fun with it. What are you going to do? Get mad at 25,000 people? No, I, I'm i definitely not mad. Yeah, no. Um, know why? Because the Yankees won the next game 3-2 to two <laughs> on a nice walk-off. I, KF, baby, I'm pounding the table, Dave. This man, when there's no Aaron Hicks, it's like... I can fully accept him for the guy he is. IKF is my new is our my new favorite, and I think we almost owe him an apology for how hard we were on him. <laughs> um, IKF, nice walk off hit there to uh, win us the game three to two. Tatis homered again in this one, guys. So, um, but we would get the last laugh, winning on Sunday ten to seven. The offense really came out. And, yeah, we just dominated the game with Garrett Cole on the mound. He did let up five runs, which, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about, and we'll get into that in a little while. But, yeah, I mean, this offense is finally rounding into form against you, Darvish, nonetheless. Um, Aaron Judge with the home run again. Rizzo looked good, although he did leave the game with uh, a neck injury, which is kind of a little bit scary, but doesn't seem like he'll be going on the I.L., um, although DJ got no hits, he was robbed of a home run. He's hitting the ball hard, which seems to be good. Um, Boone did say that as soon as Dobson comes back, he's going to be starting at third base. The bringer, he hit one 460 in his rehab stint in double A, I believe. Somerset, he had a absolute monster home run. So that's nice to see. Hopefully, yeah, he would dominate you know, double really, A for sure. Yeah, <laughs> he's really never done anything like that for the Yankees. So maybe we could bat flip after we hit it over the fence this go around, Josh. Um, that would be nice. But um, that's really all I got for this series. Nice to beat the Padres, and I did tell you, V and Dave, this was going to be tricky because I think. A struggling team like the Padres would use the Yankees as almost a get-right series. And that's what it looked like through the first four games. But just watching this Padres team play, you can kind of tell why they are as bad as the record says they are. 
is because, man, they just don't get hits with runners in scoring position. It's it's kind of crazy to see, but yeah. they don't. It, even with all that talent in the lineup, it's um, it's unfortunate. And, you know, their payroll is amongst the highest in baseball. So, yeah. yeah. And then last night on Memorial Day, the Yankees played the Seattle Mariners starting their new series and their West Coast trip and absolutely dismantled the Mariners 10-4. to Aaron Judge, two home runs. And he robbed the home run. This guy's just unbelievable, getting MVP chance in Seattle. What a time to be a Yankee fan. We're 10 games over 500, I know. Still in third place. But, I mean, geez, the AL East, guys, is a bit ridiculous. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's unprecedented. I, I believe the AL East as a division has like a 650 win percentage. I know the Blue Jays have fallen off a little oh, bit, yeah, but yeah. even even the Red Sox are playing pretty well, ba- pretty good baseball right now. So this division is really good, and um, it's going to be tough. But I still think the Yanks can win this division. I, I don't think the Rays are, are world beaters by any stretch. So I'm optimistic. I mean, I'm optimistic. I don't mean to cut into here before we. Uh, no, that's all I got. That's all I got. Is I'm I think Orioles are winning the World Series because I don't know if you guys saw who they picked up today. Aaron Hicks is on the ball tomorrow. Congratulations to Mr. Hicks. Cedric Mullins sadly is on the IL. So Orioles are like, you know, we need we need a guy. We need a guy in Aaron Hicks. I'm telling you, this guy's gonna hit a home run in the Baltimore uniform in his first game, and everyone's gonna be like, oh, he's back. And then go like 0 for 20. But it doesn't matter. He's gonna hit that home run. He's gonna look good. We're rooting. I'm I'm still I have a chance to get my uh, Aaron Hicks All Star jersey. If he pops off for the next two months, I got a shot. So, yeah. go figure it. It's going to be in the Baltimore jersey. And I, one more thing to add before we get into uh, the segment real quick is, why did the Mets cut Gary Sanchez after one game? Like, they really had to do him dirty like that? Yeah, he's in San Diego. Call. He's in San Diego. Yeah, then he got – I don't know if you saw. He's using his Yankees catching gear. It has it's all navy and it has the the gray around the um, like the trimming around. To be clear, I think the Mets the Mets gave him two starts and he went like a combined one for eight. I think the Mets were just hoping he could just like hit two home runs and then that was gonna be it. But the Mets have a log jam at the catcher's position now, with Alvarez showing up. So if Alvarez wasn't performing the way he was. I would, could definitely have seen Sanchez get a run with the Mets, but Alvarez has become, I will say it, he's becoming a potential superstar in this league. Very good. Real quick, Jack, question on the Yankees. Well, one, I think it's hilarious that the Yankees got rid of Hicks right before going to Seattle just to prove he was never going to go to Seattle. Uh, so that's great. Um, but real quick, Jack, what do you think about Vasquez's debut? Vasquez. Yeah, he looked all right. You got to give him, you got to give him credit facing that lineup. I mean, the kid perched pretty well. I, I, I don't know. He gave up some runs, but you know he's making a spot start because uh, our one pitcher will just continue to use sticky stuff, and we don't trust Luis Severino to pitch on normal rest, even though he hasn't pitched in about two years. So, I, I don't know. He was put in a a terribly tough situation, and. You know, four and two-thirds, two earned, six Ks. His stuff is, you know, stuff didn't look too bad. 
But, you know, three walks, not great. But, you know. Very raw. Very raw. Yeah. Very raw. Yes. I mean, he wasn't even a top ten prospect of ours, and they're just asking him to make a spot start. Very weird how – I don't know if you guys remember this name. Davey Garcia, who pitched for us two, three years ago, maybe both, two and three years ago. He just kind of went back to the minors and has, like, never been found again. I don't know what's going on with him, but I don't know why he wouldn't be up to make that start. He seemed like a guy that just cannot get over the hump of, you know, Herman, Clark Schmidt. Seems like the next guy up, but then they don't decide to throw him there. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. Um, quickly, I'm sorry, one more thing. Harrison Bader hurt his hamstring right to first base. Last night, not great. Probably an IL trip. But John Carlos Stanton might be on his way back. He did a rehab game today. I think it starts, maybe it was at like 6 today. I saw some highlights of it. Um, walked in his first at-bat. Good to see there. Hopefully we'll have him back by the Dodgers series. That's what I'm hoping for. Because he does love playing in Los Angeles' hometown. There we go. All right. Hey, we had a weekend full of baseball, so I know there's plenty of takeaways. The best way to present those takeaways are our strategically designed segments. So with that being said, it's time for Vitan's Hot Stove. V, fire it up. What you got for us? Welcome to Vitan's Hot Stove, ladies and gentlemen. In this edition, I mentioned his name twice already today. Francisco Alvarez of the New York Mets. Welcome to the show. You are on fire. This guy was hitting moonshots against Colorado. He hit a, a bullet of a home run in Chicago. This guy is already, in my opinion, at the time of performance, is a top five catcher in the league at this moment. I can put that in words. Back then, The numbers can back him up. He's already gotten eight home runs. He is just an absolute beast. He is seriously going to be one of, become one of the best catchers in the game. And I just want to say welcome to the show. The top five catcher in the game? I could safely say, at this moment in time, look at the numbers that this kid's been producing. He's got some legit pop. Adley. Okay. Will Smith. Okay. Salvador Perez. I disagree there. Perez. You disagree look there? Look at Perez's defensive metrics. One of the worst in the game right now. Okay. Um, who else is JT. On there? Yeah, JT. And then his numbers aren't great. His numbers aren't great. So that's why you could arguably take Alvarez over JT. I'm saying up to this point. I'm not saying at the end of the year. End of the year, this could all even out. Up to this point. And then um, okay. the catcher from the Braves. Sean Murphy? Yeah, that's it. I don't think I'd put anyone else in front of him. What about William Contreras? No. Not doing it for me. He's he's 21 years old. What about Kyle Higashioka? Yeah, dude, come on. <laughs> Don't forget about Kyle. Oh, come on, Higashi. No, no way. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. What about, what about Ben No, Sit Ben Rodved, dad. Put, put him in the bed. He ain't, he ain't. Before they got rid of Sanchez, he wasn't even the best catcher on the Mets. <laughs> Very true. I'm just saying. I'm just um, yeah. You know what, V? I, like I said before, I give it up to Alvarez. He was the number one prospect in baseball. He's lived up to it, yeah, right? No, he's he, lived up to he, the hype. He's come he up did, clutch. He seem- he's come up clutch. Yeah. He had a game tying three run home against the Rockies. He hit the game tying in the ninth with two outs against the Rays. 
And he, like he's batting like 270. He strikes out a little bit, but he's he's 21. He's gonna strike out a little bit. He's playing great defense. His you know his average is up. He he draws his walks. His OBP is like 320 or 330. He hits the ball really hard. And like he's 21. I feel like he's only gonna get stronger. He's only gonna get better. And he has a cannon of an arm. And his framing abilities, as you mentioned earlier, really really good. I mean, th- this is a, a future cornerstone maybe. And the Mets might have finally found the catcher of the future, which they've been trying to find probably since, what, Piazza and LaDuca? Like, Darno was a nice little piece for a year or two, and then you had Wilson Ramos, you had Tomas Nito, James McCann, and all these guys that kind of just filled in, and no one's ever been a great player. And they might have just found one right now. Do you remember Brian? Was it Brian Schneider? Remember him? Brian Schneider. Yes. Was it? I think it was Brian Schneider. You got them from the Nationals. It was Ryan Church and Brian Schneider, I think. You're I correct. Think. And Brian Schneider is pretty awful, but... Um, <laughs> is that is that the point you're making here, Jack? Yeah, I just I didn't I didn't, <laughs> no, I, I didn't it, know if it's Brian or Ryan Schneider. I, I'm not. No, it just proved my point. The Mets have really never had like, you know, they they had a, a good year in Darno at one point. They, Wilson Ramos had one decent year with the Mets, nineteen. They haven't had a guy who they can just confidently say this guy's gonna give us a good year. And I'm now I'm, I'm maybe jumping the gun here early, but it's hard to imagine that he at least can't keep up what he's just doing. And if that's the case, this guy's going to hit 25 home runs this year, driving like 75 to 80 runs, hitting over 260, playing great defense. That's elite yeah. out of the catcher's position. So, yeah, you're right. That's all I got to say. And one thing I've noticed, when he first came up, and even dating back to last year when he came up for that last series or so, yeah, he seemed like anxious a little bit. He seemed like he wasn't being himself. And after he hit that three-run home run to tie the game, it seemed like a lot of pressure was off his back. Yeah. And you, you saw all the emotion. He kind of just looked like a free player after that. Yeah. And I think it's translated into, you know, what we've seen. He's just – he's the real deal. He looks like a complete player, hits well, can f- play well behind the plate, yeah. and seems to call a good game every time he catches. So And, like, Verlander, Scherzer, these guys yeah. apparently love him. They said he's really – great guy to throw to. Now, they might just they might just be saying it to say it. They're not going to start trouble. But it's good to know that they're saying it. Yeah, I mean, Garrett Cole used to say that Garrett Sanchez is great to throw to, too. So, But, you know, like, I feel like if they really didn't and they started throwing Nito to catch Verlander or Scherzer, you would kind of under, you would know why. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So. Um, yeah, very interesting, V. Um, I'm going to get right into the jack-off, if you don't mind. I, I never, never Fully excited to jack off today, guys. And um, today's jack off is going to be a little bit of a motivating jack off, an inspirational jack off. We're not going to be too negative today. Two pitchers on each side of the city that are getting paid a big contract but are struggling just a bit. I don't want to jump the gun and say, oh, they're terrible, because obviously they're not. They're some of the best pitchers in the game. One, Garrett Cole, and two, Justin Verlander. I know what you're going to say. Jack, Garrett Cole has been outstanding this year. And he has. He has been outstanding. But what am I starting to see? The same issues that I saw last year from Garrett Cole. He's not locating his fastball. 
He's not getting strike one. And then he's throwing 2-0, 3-1 fastballs. Not hot, not can't get away with chest high. Throwing it right down the middle. And they're going over the fence. The home run problem seems to be coming back. Not a fan of that. I like to keep the ball in the yard. Pitch to contact, weak contact. Keep the fielders engaged, quick innings. That's what we like to see. And when Cole's on, he'll even, you know, he'll pump you strike one, he'll hit the corner strike two, and then devastating slider, curveball. And then he was mixing in that cutter a little bit last year. And, you know, he's electric. But, I don't know, have not really been seeing it. Last two starts, V, um, May 28th against the Padres, Nine strikeouts, like the stuff is there. Nine strikeouts, yeah. three walks, not great. Giving up two homers, five earned, six hits, and four runs. Granted, that's against the Padres. That's a good lineup, but they have been struggling this year. Um, against the Orioles, last start, five innings, six hits, five runs, five earned, two homers again. Pitch well against the Blue Jays before that, but then in the start before that, gave up some home runs to the Rays. So... I don't know. To me, I'm not going to jump the gun. Just a little bit of a cause for concern, especially because of all the home runs Garrett gave up last year. A little bit concerned there. Now we're going to flip the page to Justin Verlander of the Mets. Now, V, I don't mean to crush your guy because I know he's started the season a little bit late. He's getting acclimated to the team. And he has had some good starts here and there. But a 4.8 ERA, not going to cut it. You're not skating by, Justin. You're getting paid $43 million a year. you got to be better than that. You just have to be. And I think Vitan would agree. Um, nine hits in five innings against the Rockies. Six earned runs. Um, only one walk, but only two strikeouts. That's one thing that's concerning me about Verlander. It doesn't seem like he has that out pitch to strike people out that he used to. It used to be that curve, devastating curve that he would have. But I don't know. He's just not getting swings and misses on it as much as he was last year and years prior. That's just from what I've seen, V. I don't know. Um, well, do we, you have something different? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm not going to argue here. His, you know, numbers are numbers, and his numbers are not good. But I'll, I'll say this. Last year, Justin Verlander's strikeouts were actually at a, like, a career low. That's true. And he, had, he was pitching more to contact. The start against the Rockies, I got to say, you know, I don't think like, he didn't allow a home run. There was no... Nope. No, there, he didn't. There was no shots. There was there wasn't a lot of hard contact. It's no, close you're field. Right. It's a lot of singles. Like, his slider didn't have... I was watching the game. His slider didn't have the bite that it had against the Cleveland Guardians. But they were dropping hits. And listen, they're, they're doing their job. They're getting... Put the ball in play. Good things happen. It is course field. I think if he pitches at a different ballpark... That same way, he's probably a much better stat line. True, but but it still should go and say he's got to adjust. He's got to make sure that they hit the ball on the ground more, and so on and so forth. So I'm still worried because he had a bad start against the Rays and Tigers. He didn't have a great start. This start, so let's yeah. see. I, I think he'll be all right. I, I really do. And same with Cole. But I feel like justifiably. We're our motivating show here. Look what IKF has done since we started talking crap. Exactly. Maybe next time out, exactly. Cole and Verlander are both going to throw a complete game shutout, and we'll be so. That's cool. what. That's what we're hoping for. Yeah. Right. We're just we're looking for improved performance out here with the jack off. That's all you can ask for when we're jacking off. 
that's all I got today, Dave. Jack, thank you so much for all of that that you just gave us. Um, I feel like we know we did the Jack off right when we can later on issue an apology to the player. Like, Jack, you're a great dude. You're totally okay with doing that, and that's what we love about you. Um, so we'll, we'll see if you can uh, fuel these guys to, to pitch better. Now, it is time for Big D's Big Odds. Jack, you were a little embarrassed last week. You got blown out by Big V, so stay tuned for Jack in a Mets hat this upcoming episode uh, later in the week. But let's get back into a Jack's Revenge Tour. So we're going to start with a Mets line, and we're going to start with your favorite player, Jack. Pete Alonzo. He's currently third in the MLB with 46 runs batted in. All right, so they have a three-game series coming up against the Phillies at home, right, V? They're playing in City Field? They are. Okay, yeah, we are recording this on Tuesday night. So um, in these next three games, I'm going to set an over-underline on Pete Alonzo RBIs at three and a half. Before I talk about Pete Alonzo's RBIs, I know, Dave, we brought up the air humping of the fence. Yeah, last time there was minimal air but, between him and the fence, but yeah, I know. Yeah, that's true. I've seen so many after that. I've seen compilations of Pete Alonso humping his teammates. Humping wow. it, it, it's like he has a problem. <laughs> it's I, an have, issue. I have to send it to you, Dave. Yeah, please do. I, uh, I hey, uh, you know what I would love? I would love you know V is so good at making edits. Can you edit me calling Pete Alonzo out to that compilation? <laughs> I, I can. You know what? Consider it done. I'll I'll, I'll get working on it sometime in the next couple of days. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, RBIs. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go with the over on the RBIs. Pete is just. He's a RBI machine. What else can I say? Yeah, I mean you're not wrong there. He's a big RBI machine, but for whatever reason, my gut is telling me he's going to have a rough series against the Phillies. I'm taking the under. Wow. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a first. Usually you guys you guys always disagree on Pete Alonso. That's a given. But usually Jack is a more um, pessimist and V's more optimistic, so I like to see this. Yeah. All right. Next line. Um Jack, you can touch on this a little bit. I don't know if this is an area of concern for you, but V, I will start with you. Yankees have the eighth most defensive errors with 32 on the season. I feel like every time I watch a game, I kind of watch here and there, um, I see an error happen. So they're currently eighth with 32. So Yankees already played a game last night. They have two remaining games against the Mariners. Tonight at 9 o'clock, um, Eastern time, and then tomorrow. So for the we're going to do the remaining two games here, V. Okay, and Jack. Over under errors, one point five. I'm gonna just hit the over. It's just that's so long. All right, V, fair enough. Yeah, I am a little bit concerned about the errors. Glaber has been kind of terrible at second base. I don't know if you guys saw 
was it Sunday that Little League home run? Oh, that was rough. That happened. That was rough. Bader just airmailed the cut. Higgy got the ball, and I, like it was like he never threw a baseball before. <laughs> airmailed third base, and then yeah, I'm gonna go with the under. I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe some good D in Seattle. I don't know. It, it sounds like that Aaron Judge catch. It sounds like you're praying. That's all it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> all right, very good. Um, all right, this next Met line is the member of today's hot stove, Francisco Alvarez. Hey, V, at City Field, he's batting 308. So, Jack, I'll let you answer first. My simple question is after this series with the Phillies at City Field, Will he be? Will his batting average be higher or lower than that current mark of three hundred eight? I'm gonna go with lower, just because that's a hard and a high bar. Three hundred eight's it's pretty good, especially for a catcher. Uh, I'm just gonna go under and V. Alvarez, the best Francisco on your team. I'm sorry to tell you. Oh, that's. That's, that's a hot take. Even, that's a bull take, my guy. Um, <laughs> that's a hard line to hit wait. the over on. Wait, 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 wait. Do you agree or disagree I, I with disagree. what Jack just said? Okay. All right, just making sure, just for the record. I, I'm At the end of the year, Lindor's a second-half player. At the end of the year, I don't know if we're going to be saying this thing. I'm going to ask you that question at the end of the year, Jack. Definitely going to. Okay. And, gentlemen, I would like to do a... Uh, grade very soon because we just hit the third one third of the season maybe in the next episode or so we'd give some grades on some players like that'd be a fun little thing i'd like to see your opinion on a lot of stuff here but i'm gonna take the lower i I, i'm gonna take the lower here on the i think he's gonna be batting under 308 after this series i can see 300 but not really gotcha all right just uh, quickly, uh, Francisco Lindor this year, V, <laughs> oh, 97 OPS plus, lower than Ryan Church's career OPS plus <laughs> of 103. <laughs> what are we doing, V? 300 million. Bump the brakes. At least he plays every day, not John Carlos Stanton on the IL. All right? Relax. 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 Take it easy. Take it easy. Dave, what's the next line? The next line, okay. Um, who uh, uh, I think could have been an honorable mention on the hot stove. You guys talked about him a little bit, but Mr. IKF in the past seven days is batting 300. He's got a home run, triple, a walk-off, and six RBIs. So I'm going to do an over-under line on RBIs for him. Again, we're talking about the two final games here. Going to set an over-under at .5. Um, you know what? I'm riding the IKF train. He's going to get another RBI. He's doing it. Yeah, I'm rolling with over. Um, I think IKF since May 18th is like top five in the AL and slugging percentage, which is just absurd. Absolutely absurd. So, run with the over. Run with IKF on his revenge tour. And I'm on my apology tour. <laughs> Love you, IKF. <laughs> Very nice, very nice. Yeah, Jack, it feels like not long ago you were complaining because he couldn't even hit it out of the infield. So 
Yeah. Um, this is good stuff to see if you're a Yankee fan. All right, our last line is another combined effort. Um, for this, fellas, we're going to do the final two games for the Yankees and the final two games for the Mets. So the first game for the 15 saves okay. on the season. So I'm going to set an O Mets is excluded. Okay, so we're talking four games here. The Yankees and the Mets and a couple of other teams are all tied for seventh with or under on combined saves for the two teams in the final two games of their respective series at 1.5. And whoever is start with this one. Okay. If he starts. I'm gonna take the over. I think David Robertson's gonna do it himself. I don't even need the Yankees here. <laughs> wow. Former Philly, he's gonna shove against him. Come on now. Is he gonna get the opportunities so, though? I don't know. Yeah, and he's been looking a little <laughs> shaky of late. I don't know if you've seen David Robertson pitch lately. Yeah, he still looks good. <laughs> All right. It's almost like you miss a certain someone in that bullpen. Um, anyway, I'm going to go with the under. I think the Phillies and Mets play a lot of close games. I don't know if David Robertson gets the opportunity because I think the Phillies take two out of three. And maybe the last two, and maybe the save comes tonight for the Mets, and that one won't count. So um, moving on to the Yanks, I think they're just going to smoke the Mariners and not really need any closers. So that's what I'm hoping for. So that would be an under. Yes. All right. <laughs> Jack, what was, the, what was the score of the Yankees game last night, Monday night? Uh, Monday night. 10-4, uh, 10-4. 10-4, okay. All right. Yeah, just curious. All right, very good. So that wraps up our Mondays, or no, it's Tuesday, our Tuesday's edition of Big D's Big Odds. We got some disagreement, so we will stay tuned and see who comes out of victor. And, fellas, next episode, we're going to bring back Name That Player. So V got a little bit no lucky and also not lucky, just perfectly calculated guess on Curtis Granderson's body measurements. Um, so study up on your past and present players because we are coming out with name that player. Oh, I'm excited. I got to start looking at people's uh, body measurements again. I'm going to, all my first hints are going to be body measurements just for the record. <laughs> I can't not at this point. Oh boy. All right. Gentlemen, I got a question for you guys, if you don't mind, real quick. Because I'm kind of curious. Hit me. Because it's a, it, I think it's pretty controversial, and I would love to see if viewers, I, I think maybe we'll post this as a separate clip or something. Let's see what viewers have to say. Um, if it was up to you, who do you think deserves to be in the Hall of Fame more? Pete Rose or Barry Bonds? You can wow, have your own opinion. In, in, we are bringing in controversy for this episode. Oh, one hundred percent. And listen, you could have an opinion that none of them deserve to go, or both. Then, but I'm just asking, who do you think deserves it more? They're they're both not in, and if no one knows, Pete Rose is not in because of a gambling thing, which is that's own problem, and Barry Bonds isn't in because of the steroids. I want to know your guys' opinion. Who do you think deserves to be more as Pete Rose is the all-time hit king 
And Barry Bonds is the all-time home run king. Just curious. Yeah, Jack, you mind if I start this one? You might be able to give a more in-depth response, so I'll kind of give a surface-level one here. Go ahead. When you look at the stats, you would say Barry Bonds more than Pete Rose, right? I mean, he just did it all. He what is he? He's got over 500 stolen bases while also, you know, all the home runs. And he's never tested or confirmed positive for steroids. Isn't that correct? It's suspected. That's correct. So suspended either. That bodes well. But also, I just feel like the Pete Rose situation, okay. You know, he served his ban. He is the all-time hits leader. He's one of two people to have over 4,000 hits. His unethical behavior didn't directly impact his performance on the field. So I think that alone bodes well for him as to why, you know, I mean, my whole thing with Pete Rose is, yeah, what he did was wrong. He did it while he was managing, not playing. Um, and he even wrote a book and, he, you know, he titled it My Prison Without Bars or something like that. It's like, yeah, the dude served a ban. He served his punishment. Why is this a lifetime sentence for baseball? He did his time. Now, can we just look back and as, you know, younger baseball viewers and all that stuff, can we just look back and appreciate what he did on the field as opposed to just looking at him in this tainted light of he betted on games? So that's kind of my stance. So if you're forcing me to choose, I am going to go Pete Rose. And I think I am team let Pete Rose in. Okay. Would you also Very just fair. just curious? Do you also think Barry Bonds should be in? Yeah, um, oh, that's that's a good question. I feel like the whole steroid era of baseball was, you know, obviously a tainted piece of baseball history. But before even the suspected steroids, he was in the four hundred four hundred club. So the dude clearly has natural talent. So. Um, I'm going to say yes, but I also kind of, you know, if we want to give him the Pete Rose treatment a little bit where it's like, okay, let's not ignore his unethical suspected behaviors, but that's also another key. It's all suspected. Um, so I'm going to say yes. I'm going to open up the gates of the Baseball Hall of Fame, and I say yes. Let them both in. Jack? My turn? Oh, yeah. All right, if it was up to me, I would let Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. I'd let Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. I'd let Roger Clemens in the Hall of Fame. I'd let Alex Rodriguez in the Hall of Fame. I'd let Sammy Sosa in the Hall of Fame. I'd let Mark McGuire in the Hall of Fame. But if you force me to choose between Pete Rose and Barry Bonds, and, you know, my assertion for this claim is basically the understanding that Pete Rose bet on the Reds to win games, not to lose. So he was still trying to win. It's not like he was undermining, like maybe he he bet on this game rather than this game so he would, you know, make his best pitchers pitch. Yeah, I, I could see how it could affect things, maybe. Um, but it's not like he was betting against his team. That would be, to me, absolutely not. He would be not. This is also as a manager. And... Also, the assertion that Barry Bonds took steroids, although he never, you know, failed the drug test and he never served a suspension. It's pretty obvious 
Right, it's pretty obvious. Anytime you have a 263 OPS plus year and age 39, you think that probably something is awry, right? <laughs> We're talking about Barry Bonds. He basically had two primes. Like, he has two Hall of Fame careers within his career, and the Baseball Hall of Fame is by far the hardest Hall of Fame Get in. to be in. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So, and, and you know, P. Rose, also the all-time hits leader, has 4,256 career hits, um, won three World Series rings, 17-time All-Star, won an MVP, won a World Series MVP, won three batting titles. Like, the guy is one of the all-time greats, right next to Barry Bonds as well. If you're asking me which one is worse, cheating by taking steroids or betting on your team to win a game while managing, I would say steroids would be worse. So I guess I would take Pete Rose instead of Barry Bonds. Um, that's not to say Pete Rose is a better player than Barry Bonds because I think Barry Bonds is probably the greatest hitter of all time. And I think that's probably not even debatable. Um, just probably the greatest hitter of all time and probably the most gifted baseball player of all time. We're talking about years where this guy would get intentionally walked with the bases loaded, where he would lead the league in walks, right? He, he was basically Juan Soto before Juan Soto, but then would hit 60 home runs. Like, it, it's bizarre. Um... But if you're asking me which one is less worse, I would go with Pete Rose's thing was less worse. Um, but both deserve to be in. Uh, I'm a fan of putting all the steroid era people in. Um, steroid era, but probably not. I don't know. It gets tough. But like David Ortiz, right? He got in, but he was also on the Mitchell Report. It's very weird how... Steroids are viewed in terms of the Hall of Fame. And it's almost like if you have a good reputation within baseball, you're probably good. But if you have a bad reputation or you've got suspended or, you know, that sort of thing, then you're probably on the out looking in. It's, I don't know. It's kind of like a uh, old boys. It's like, it's very weird, the Hall of Fame. It's very pretentious what the writers do. I did like a whole piece on this. Um, when I would write about how the baseball writers not voting for anyone for the Hall of Fame. Like, no one. You're not going to vote for anyone. It's a joke. But to answer your question, V, Pete Rose is my answer. All right. All right. I, I like it. You guys are both green here. I got – listen. It's funny now because gambling is a huge thing in sports, right? Sports betting is massive. It's just like they want you to gamble now. They baseball's advertising for you to gamble, which is ironic because one of the best pure hitters, you know, I'm not saying power hitters, one of the better hitters in the history of the game is banned because of it. Now I'm not saying he did anything right, but I gotta tell you this one thing. Pete Rose is a known dick. He's a known asshole. 
And I felt like that hurt his chase even more. Nobody in the game liked him. Like any of the big guys don't like him. So no one's going to vote him in. They're going to keep the ban there. I think he will get into the Hall of Fame after he passes away, sadly. I think one Pete Rose is sadly done with life. Soon after, not right away, Pete Rose will go into the Hall of Fame. I don't think they want to give him the honor of being there to accept the honor of getting to the Baseball Hall of Fame because of what he did. Barry Bonds, Jack, you said it, probably the most gifted hitter in the history of the game. The best power hitter known to man. This guy put some numbers that I can't put up in video games in real life. He is truly one of the greats. I would put Barry Bonds in before Pete Rose strictly because Barry Bonds never got tested positive. He has two Hall of Fame careers, as Jack said, and one. He was a Hall of Famer before he went to the Giants. And I felt like as an all-time home runs king, which is now what everyone looks at in the game of baseball, he should be honored as the home run king. And Jack, I'm going to kind of agree with you. Anyone in the steroid era? Baseball wanted steroids in the game at the time. Bud Selick... It saved the game. Bud Selick wanted it. No one got popped for steroids because they didn't want to test anybody because they were bashing home runs at an all-time record. And like you said, it saved the game of baseball. They did exactly what they needed to do. How are you going to tarnish them now? You want to do the right thing? Kind of? Put them in the Hall of Fame with an asterisk on their plaque and be like a known steroid user. Listen, kids, he was one of the greatest hitters ever, but he used steroids. We just want you to know that's part of history, though. I would say that's fine. I would, if you want to find a happy medium to let these guys in, but I don't, I, I think that's even going too far. Like, to I'm me, saying if it came down to it where the baseball wanted to at least make everybody know, like, hey, we're putting them in, but listen, they're, you know, bad. Guys, do you do you think though that the players would want that at all? Those players, like I wouldn't want to no. go into the Hall of Fame if I had an asterisk on my plaque. Like that would be devastating. I, I that's a question. Yeah. We got to get you know Barry Bonds on the show. We got to see what he would say. But we'll work on that. I, I'll DM him actually. We'll see if I got Mr. Bonds on speed dial here. Uh, I don't know. My opinion. I would put Barry Bonds before Pete Rose. I really would. Yeah, I, I could see it either way. I think it's almost a it's a, like a moral question, like which one is less worse for me, rather than a um which which career do I value more? And I know what you're saying that he never tested positive. I, I do, you know. It, to me, it's just it's a fact that he did take him, although he never tested positive and never really admitted it, but. I also don't think there's anything inherently wrong with taking steroids at the time because it's it's like when you see right um, Joe Schmo like uh, Vitan and Dave are taking steroids and they're on my team and I'm the 26 man on the roster. What the hell am I going to do? I have no chance if I'm not taking steroids. I'm going to take steroids too. Yeah, you know and. and like the World Series counts, like back then, like uh, the the Diamondbacks beat the Yankees back in two thousand one, 
they had like four or five huge steroid guys. Luis Gonzalez was like a 15, 20 home run guy until he turned like 37. Then he started hitting 50, 60 a year. Matt Williams, too. There was a bunch of those guys at the end of their career just hit a bunch of home runs. That World Series still counts for the Diamondbacks, right? The Yankees had a bunch of A-Rod took steroids. He was on the 2019. Andy Pettit, HGH, confirmed. He admitted it. He was on the 2009 Yankees team. Paul LaDuca. Didn't Paul LaDuca uh, take steroids? Some, along now. There's a bunch of guys. Ortiz and Manny Ramirez were on the Metro Report. I mean, it doesn't end. Everyone was doing it. Everyone was doing it. So, I don't know. It's like it became a part of the game. And when it's a part of the game, how do you blame the player? Right? You yeah, can't. no, I agree. You blame the culture, right? I agree. The way I view it is I so, believe it, both brutal. should get in. So it's a matter of who I think is a better player between the two, and I think it's Barry Bonds. So that's why I, that's the way I see this question. That's a fair. All right, let, well, let fair me, way to look at let it. Me, let me ask you guys real quick. I'm caught up on the whole how Pete Rose literally was banned from baseball. And I, and I understand and agree with what you guys are saying. Steroids were such part of a game. Do you not think these players should be punished or suffer any consequences from breaking the rules of baseball? I mean, I guess you could say that they did serve a consequence reputationally in that there will be forever a group of fans that will never recognize Barry Bonds as the home run king, a group of fans that will never recognize um, what McGuire and Sosa did in the home run race, a group of fans that will never recognize Roger Clemens for all his Cy Youngs. You know, it's just the reality. And well, I just think – go ahead. So what I want to do, though, more specifically is compare the two because Pete Rose suffered a reputational consequence while also right. suffering – a legitimate ban from the game of baseball for 25 years. True. So do you not so, think that the steroid users should suffer consequences? I, because I'll agree with you. Obviously, the reputation is tainted because we're having this conversation about them. Right. But should there be a further consequence as well? Um, I don't know. I guess in the case of Bonds, because he, ne- he never tested positive. He never right. He was never suspended. So... It gets tricky. I guess someone would say that the consequence would be that he doesn't make the Hall of Fame, right? That's kind of where you're going with it. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was still the, the hitting coach for the Marlins a few years ago. Like, he, he's still around the game. So, I don't know. I would say no. Yeah, I'm not, I would just say I'm no. not expecting you guys to be the law enforcement people of MLB, but I just – I'm so caught up in why my – answer to your question is who I would choose more. And I guess I'll more so ask you because you chose Bonds over Pete Rose. But again, Pete Rose served this time. Pete Rose served a consequence. Should we just open the door to these users of steroids? And again, Bonds might be a, a separate case because he was never positive, tested positive. But the, the one thing I would say, though, is there's multiple steroid users. There's one gambling guy. And that's heroes. That's a good point. If there was, let's say, 15... Well, the, let's say, uh, Shoeless Joe. Shoeless Joe. Oh, oh. Yasiel Puig? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm serious. He got caught. Just recently. Yeah, I know. Um, 
the reason why, if you say gambling in baseball, there's one guy that comes to mind. When you say steroids in baseball, there are multiple guys that come to mind. But one did not have a direct on-the-field impact. I, I, I'm that's, not arguing. That's why I chose Pete. I, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with that fact. The only thing I can argue, kind of, is that if multiple guys got caught gambling, I think maybe the heat on Pete Rose diminishes. I don't think they banned six, seven guys. Because he's the only guy who gets caught, he gets banned for life. No. Well, I mean, the whole Black Sox, they threw the World Series back in, like, the 1800s. Well, all right, Early. hold on. When I, when I, that's a good point, Jack. But when I say steroids in baseball, we all think of a handful of people. I, I'm not arguing. There's, like, probably, what, five guys I can, like, consistently you'll probably Unanimously, get. Unanimously, yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I, I don't I, the know. way I view it, Jack said it. The game wanted it at the time, and they just did what the game wanted. And if right now the, you know, baseball was the, the viewerships were down to shits and all this stuff, and they go to, you know, these big guys and like, yo, guys, pump steroids in your system. Go hit me a bunch of home runs. Let's get the viewership back. They're gonna do it because they're gonna get paid millions of dollars to do it. And I guarantee you that's kind of what happened. And like Jack said. One guy, two guys, three guys start it. Who's going to stop the others? Nobody stopped them. Nobody got popped. You know what I mean? So what's the point? Like, if you can gain an advantage, why not do it? You saw what the Astros. You saw what the Astros did. And to me, what the Astros did was worse than both of those things. I could. You can make that as, as a make that argument. Hundred percent. That's what I would say. I would say what the Astros did correlated most to on-field performance. Because you could take all the steroids you want. You still got to hit the baseball, you gotta, right? You still you need gotta, insane hand. You got to square up a fastball. You got to time up pitches, right? You got to time up a fastball. You have to react to the breaking stuff. The Astros, they knew what pitches were coming. They, you know, they knew the sequencing. They, and they were using illegal electronics to, to do so, which caused an unparalleled advantage that we've never seen in baseball. Um, with those sort of electronics, and who knows about the buzzers, and, you know, whatever else you want to talk about. But so, yeah, I, mean, I think V makes a good point. There. I, I got a fun question for you, Jack. Then, but Dave, I'm, I said it earlier. Both deserve to be in, and I, I, I flat out believe both should be in. I was just picking on behalf of who I believe then is the better player between the two. Not, I'm not even looking at what they did. I'm not even looking at gambling to steroids. Because they're both equally not great. But Jack, fun question. Unless, Dave, you had a comment. I, I guess I'll just close it out with this. My kind of like beef and passion is coming from just the inconsistencies within the MLB. Uh, it's kind of annoying. I don't, I don't know. It's, you know, obviously it was, it was, um, well, he said, what did he get the ban in the 80s? For P. Rose? Was that when the ban? Yeah, P. Yeah, I believe yeah, in the some, 80s. Sometimes. 80s or 90s. Yeah, so I, obviously it was a couple, before my time. So it was a couple years ago. <laughs> But it's just like, how are we going to ban this player and allow this team and say it's just a trophy and, you know, steroids and all that? It's just like, you know, what? why are we picking and choosing what we take soup, like super seriously? Like a 25-year ban, that, that's that's intense. So, I don't know. That's kind of my beef. I, I, I get it. I get it completely. But, Jack, fun question now because you said that you believe that the cheating scandal the Astros did was the worst thing 
Now, mm-hmm. the Astros on that team have probably a surefire Hall of Famer, and or maybe two. Carlos Belt. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys you could talk I, about. I mean, maybe not Verlander. Coaches. Maybe not Verlander because he's a starting pitcher. But whatever, his name is on that trophy. Carlos Beltran and Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve's got an outside shot of. But uh, okay, Beltran was a coach, no, right? No, Beltran was his last season playing. Was it really? It was his last year playing. He retired after that year as a player. So, my question is: Does, uh, I, does Carlos yeah. Beltran get in the Hall of Fame for you? Uh, I would say yes for Beltran, and I would say no for Altuve. Even if Altuve gets the counting stats that are that's definitely required. Like the you know, let's say he gets close to three thousand hits because what he's over well over two thousand. He's only got a few more years left. I, I would just go back to the concept of that is it to me, and I could be wrong. Okay. But as someone that played baseball at least in high school, that to me would help me, in my opinion, the most knowing what pitches are coming. To the point of possibly the location, and you know, I, I could just presume in the in the majors, you're throwing 100 miles per hour, and then you got an 86 mile an hour slider. It, knowing what pitch is coming helps so so astronomically. You're taking steroids; you still need to hit the ball. Oh, yeah. You still you still need a fight. You know, to me, it's just it's such a bigger advantage than steroids, and if that opportunity isn't granted with steroids i don't understand how it could be granted with cheating and who knows when it stopped who knows you know how how early were they doing it 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 really could be them they were doing it for two to three years and did they do it in the 2015 playoffs when they were in um good question i mean but you got beltron's about to be on the ballot I think this upcoming year. So I, I put Beltron in. He's one of the best switch hitters of all time. You know, he's right up there with I do, Chipper I do and wonder if some uh, voters, Mickey Mantle. I do wonder if some voters are going to be like, hey, he cheated at the end of his career, so screw you. Oh, 100%. So, I, they will. I, the Mets fired him. The Mets hired him and fired well, him. I think the Mets had to fire him. I don't think they wanted to. He's back in the Mets organization now, and I think he wants to manage. I just think he, he has to wait for the – that whole thing to calm down. But he's always going to have that on his thing. He's always going to have see, it. Uh, see, though, see, Beltron just has to wait for it to calm down. When we all agree, I agree with you guys, that that scandal had the most on-field impact. That that right there is my beef. He just has to wait till things calm down. Come on. Yeah, I would just say, and Vitan brought up with Altuve. Altuve, that's like the prime of his career. That was his MVP season. That was when he performed the best. As far as I know, Beltron, although he was named as like basically administering, bless you, you, this this scheme that they did, he was like one of the main proponents of it. I don't think this is how he accumulated his best seasons in baseball with the Mets and with the Royals. Yeah. Like I don't think, I just don't think that was the case, unless it unless it was, and this was you know. They did this back then, which I doubt, but maybe I could be wrong. That's where I would decipher the difference. 
where, you know, Beltran was not really a major contributor for that Astros team. No, he was on his he, last he year just, of his career looking for a ring, and he got it. And to me, baseball rings don't mean as much as they do in other sports where it can kind of, in basketball, it could definitely push you over the edge of a Hall of Famer or not a Hall of Famer. And I think football as well, you could, as a quarterback, if you're a Hall of yeah. Famer, yeah, if you win a ring. But baseball, it's it's all about the counting stats yeah. and, like, if you're an MVP, it's just the reality. So, uh, real, real quick, remind me, fellas, because I was kind of in and out with that whole story. Were other teams up to anything? Red Sox. Didn't they fire? Red Sox with the Apple Watches. Didn't they fire Cora? Uh, well, they fired they fired Cora, then rehired him the next year because he got a year suspension. I know they. Um, as far as I know, the, the Yankees, Yankees had a little something, but nothing developed. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't anything like. I think they were using the Yankees and Red Sox were both using Apple Watches to send. I think they were more nervous that they were stealing signs, so they were sending signals, doing something on Apple Watches. Yeah, Be, um, no, I, I can't. I can't even think of any National League teams actually that got. I, I did hear one, oh. and this was like a rumor that came out a few years ago that the Brewers did this, and it's. A significant reason why Christian Yelich has struggled significantly. Oh. Post them finding out that the Brewers used to do this back when they were pretty good a couple of years ago, but was that was like a rumor. Seasons. Yeah, that was a rumor. So I, I don't know how true that is, and I, I I think it was it was like written in an article, but I think it was like a you know like a source of a source type okay. thing. So, obviously, Astros, you know, are are taking the brunt of it and got the chip on it. But other teams suspected are doing it as well. Kind of go to your point earlier, V. If one person's doing it, it's really bad. But if there's multiple suspects, you know. Kind of diminishes the heat. Kind of diminishes the heat. It spreads spreads the heat. Yeah. Yeah, so very, yeah, very interesting question, V. That was a great discussion. Um, a lot of good takeaways. I'm curious to know what the fans think, so maybe we'll release some polls. We'll, we could post an Instagram story with some polls, so uh, make sure to follow it. And let's get right into that. I mean, it's been a great episode. Our, actually, let's recap the series real quick. Let's recap the upcoming series. We got some time. <laughs> I'll, I'll slow my roll. Um Jack, why don't you start? Because we got two games left for the Mets, uh, <laughs> the Mets, the Yankees, and Mariners. So, what are your thoughts on these remaining two games here? Yeah, I'll make it quick, Dave. We got our buddy Nestor on the mound tonight, and he has been kind of shaky as of late. I'm hoping he can finally lock down, have a good start. I don't know. His ERA is five point three. I didn't even realize it ballooned up to that much. I'm hoping he has a good start. He's going against Logan Gilbert, one of the best young pitchers in baseball. So I'm hoping that he can get out of there with the series win tonight and not have to worry about the next game because Clark Schmidt is on the mound against George Kirby. Not a great pitching matchup for us, but, you know, the first game that uh, – he's a rookie, that guy, right? Miller? Yeah. He had – he was pitching outstanding. Yeah, he, I don't think he allowed a run. Yeah, he was nasty yeah. for his first couple starts. Yeah. So I was happy that we could kind of hit him pretty hard, and yeah, hoping for a season or a series win, and then we're gonna go right into LA. 
going to play the Dodgers in Dodger Stadium. Super pumped for that series. So, yeah, hoping uh, just some good pitching performances from our two worst pitchers right now, which is crazy to say, Nestor Cortez and Clark Schmidt. Come on. Oh, yeah. All right, MV, we got oh, – you go, MV. Take it away. You don't need me. <laughs> Excuse me. I was just going to comment and say I'm, I'm looking forward to the Yankees-Dodgers series as well. It's funny. How many years have, did we hear that we're going to see the Yankees and Dodgers in the World Series? Like, I mean, I'm talking from like 2014 to like like two years ago. Every year is we're going to see them. And I've been waiting for it, honestly. But we're about to see them in the regular season now. So it's going to be kind of cool. I'm excited to see that matchup. Matchup we hardly ever see. But now with the whole everyone plays each other, we're going to get to see it every year. So that's exciting. But Yankees need to win the series against Seattle first. Mets got the Phillies. They got game one tonight. Sanga versus Suarez. Hopefully Sanga pitches very well. I'm hoping he does. That'd be very, very good. Next game, we got Carlos Carrasco trying to build off his last start against the Cubs, which would be good, facing Aaron Nola, who hasn't looked great this year. Has a 4.59 ERA, which is not great. And then on Thursday, we got a day game. Max Scherzer back on the mound against former Met Taiwan Walker. So hopefully the Mets could hit him because he has a 5.57 ERA. But if I recall, Taiwan's time as a Met, day games, he dominated. So a little worrisome, and it's a form, you know, former Met, so they're going to kill us. So I could see a good pitching duel there for some reason. Just count. <laughs> hopefully the Mets can win a series because I would hate to come out next episode and be like, guys, Mets lost another one. I don't want to say that. I want to say, hey, guys, the Mets won one with the Bronx Queens bros. And I represent us. Our, you know, I'm going to even have Jack in a hat next episode. Like, that's how much I want us to win. I'm trying to get as much Mets involved here. Yankees are winning. And I like that. Right. But, like, I need the Mets to win. So That's right. I think our episodes are better when both our teams are playing well. So, V, write a letter to someone. Tell them to step it up so we can have more fun. <laughs> um, as always, I will now wrap up this episode, unless anyone has final thoughts or controversial questions. <laughs> you good? You good, V? You good? Right now I'm okay. I'll think of something else next time. All right. Yeah, yeah. Let me know. Um, great episode. You guys can find us on socials. I think it is imperative that you follow us and participate in this conversation. V, let them know where they can find us on Instagram. At BQB Podcast. This is our logo. Can't miss it. I be posting all the time. Reels, posts. Mets, Yankees, edits, like, comment. Let me know if you like them. Let me know what you like. I'll try to do whatever you guys like. I'm out here trying to produce for you guys, for all the fans. The dude just loves to have multiple full-time jobs, and this is one of them because he's a professional. (laughs) Jack, let them know where they can find us on the talk. BQB on the talk. Check us out. Watch our talks. Give us a like. Like and subscribe on the YouTube. Like and subscribe. Come on. And as always, follow us on Twitter at BQB Podcast. You can listen to us wherever you get your episodes. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google. I actually don't think we're on Google, guys. I don't think we're on Google, so I'll work on that. Um, But if you like Google, I'll make sure to get us on there for you. (laughs) If you like us, we shouted out our moms last time. Let's shout out our dads this time. Tell your dad, go play catch with him out in the front yard. That is father, son, or father, daughter, bond in time. That is irreplaceable. And then tell him to listen to our podcast. All right. As always, fellas, we'll catch you next time.